0: One of the most popular musicals of all time is back. See Annie, Broadway's favorite orphan, live on stage in an all-new production, hailed by the Chicago Tribune as one of the best family musicals ever written. Annie is back to spread hope for all the hard knocks life throws your way. So clear away those sorrows and get your tickets to Annie today. Annie comes to the San Jose Center for the Performing Arts from January 10th through the 15th. Get tickets now at BroadwaySanJose.com. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. The boys are back. Excellent baby. separation against man coverage. This is Reception Perception. The show.
1: Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Coe, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception of Perception, the show. My guy Matt Harmon is a little under the weather. Today, but uh, how are you feeling overall, pal? Uh,
0: I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, my wife definitely got me sick, so shout out to her. Thanks a lot for that. Um, <laughs> perfect. perfect timing, right before right before the holiday. You know, uh, in the middle of the NFL season, it's a good time to be coming down with something. But hey, listen, <laughs> it's week eleven, or we're heading out of week eleven, going into week going into week twelve. Into week 12. Uh, how crazy is that? No, no time for any excuses. You got to no play chances. hurt. Nobody's a hundred percent. You did it a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm here now. It's all right. Nobody, Nobody's here to listen to us complain. They're here to listen to the spicy takes and uh, and everything we, we've got to deliver today.
1: Unlike Zach Wilson, my guy Matt Harmon is going to take responsibility. That's what's going to happen here.
0: Oh, today. no. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. Zach Wilson has just gotten absolutely blasted in the media, man. Like, he is. it's just people have gone off. And, like, I get it. The, the Jets looked absolutely horrible. Nine completions. 10 punts for the Jets offense. And when the press asked him about, hey, um, what is it? Um, do you feel like you're letting the defense down? Because the defense only allowed three offensive points. Um, you know, our guy Zach Wilson says no, very curtly says no. And, and basically motions to 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 say,
0: okay, next question, but man, absolutely is getting destroyed. Tough look for for Zach Wilson. Um, and you know, the r- the real problem here is that. You, you know, you can't really hide from the reality of the situation, which um, I wrote in my recap column for Yahoo that the problem, the biggest problem right now is Zach Wilson is that he is almost never the reason they win games, but he is almost always the reason they lose games. <laughs> yeah, dude, totally. 100%. Not great. And then and then to say that, you know, look, it's become, a, you know, people have been dunking on him all day on Twitter, you know, in every yeah. media outlet. It's, but the problem is like, when you say that and everybody knows everybody knows exactly what I just said on the outside that that he's yeah. the reason they lose games he's not the reason they win games the worst thing is that the guys in the locker room know it you know Mitchell Schwartz uh, who is a Super Bowl winning tackle for the Chiefs he said today when um you know some like Rich Simeone and other veteran uh, Jets reporters are saying that you know there are a lot of feelings in the locker room about not just about Zach Wilson's play but about is the lack of accountability in the post game. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz said, who could have seen that coming? It's bad enough when you're playing poorly, and one side has a reason to be frustrated. Good teams work through that and don't let it affect their player mindset. But to be the guy that's playing the worst and not take any accountability, that <laughs> destroys unity. And that's why I think – right. You know, I kind of thought at the end of that game, you know, because it's one thing for Robert Sala to get out there and and say like, hey, you know, this is like three weeks ago that he said, hey, I'm riding with Zach the rest of the year. Like there's no situation where. Zach Jeez. Wilson's gonna get benched, and it's one thing for a coach to say that, man, but his face said a whole different thing at the end of that ball game against the New England Patriots, who also played terribly and also have no excuses for for what's going on there because they went ahead and had an unserious offensive coordinator situation in their quarterback second season. So they're a whole nother. <laughs> like we could fillet the Patriots for for doing that as well. The only reason they got out of it it was a a, a special teams mistake on the Jets' part to punt to the punt returner with that little time left. Anyways. So we could be just as hard on the Patriots as we're being on the Jets, but for the um for Robert Sala to say that and his face to say another thing, I, I don't know that I don't know what he would have said uh, this Monday morning when he was asked about Zach Wilson, but I think because of the lack of accountability, he the Zach Wilson put the Jets in a situation where they have to consider now benching him, and it sounds like they are going to consider not playing him because. That's what the like not taking accountability for it, it. It really puts you in that position.
1: Nine of twenty-two throwing the ball seventy-seven yards. Um, he probably should have had. I mean, he threw two balls that absolutely should have been picked, or one should have absolutely been picked. 100%, he threw it right to the guy. The guy was so surprised yeah, that Devin the ball McCarty. was. Yeah, <laughs> Devin could was so surprised that it was so far offline that he just dropped it. It caught him by surprise, uh, and another ball, a second ball that uh, that may have um, gotten picked as well would have taken a pretty good play uh, to make that happen. But two turnover-worthy throws certainly. Gotta yeah, wait.
0: but br- brother, it's hard to say that seventy-seven yards on twenty-two attempts, like, and it's actually worse than the box score indicates. But it is actually worse than the box score indicates when you Dude, watch that game. And it's no like it's not like oh, Bill Belichick really threw him for a loop. The guy just has terrible fundamentals. And anytime he's in a drop back passing situation, you know, no like gimmicky Mickey mouse mouse routes, you know, no design stuff like that. He just can't do it. He just can't play in those situations.
1: I'm saying the exact same thing four weeks ago. And people are mad at me because they're winning games. And it's like, no, you don't understand. I'm saying this because it's true. Who cares whether or not they're winning or losing games? Zach Wilson is not good. Right, but people are saying, right. "Oh, you're a hater. Oh, you're a hater. You're a hater. You don't know what you're talking about." They're winning games. He's playing good enough because they're winning games. Like, no dog, that's not how this works, dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To your point, they're winning games not because of what he's doing. They're winning games despite what he is doing. Did
0: I not say these exact goddamn things four freaking weeks ago? Well, I think the biggest problem, James, is that they are winning games. You know, if if Zach Wilson was playing like this. And the Jets were, you know, having a losing season, whatever. It'd be like, okay, we can keep rolling with it. We can, you know, f- figure out if he's the guy, whatever. But, like, this is a team that's ready to win right now. Right. And, now, by the right way, now. they yeah. acted like that in the offseason. They didn't, like stumble into having a good season this year they spent a boatload of money to take their awful defense from 2021 and make it one of the best defenses in the NFL this year they spent draft capital to bring in Garrett Wilson to take their receiver core to the next level and that's worked out and you know they tried to make some moves on their offensive line they've had a lot of injuries there that's been one problem but like I don't care that the offensive line has injuries that everything should not have to be perfect for the quarterback to look league average and zach wilson doesn't even look league average no. i mean he looks he looks like one <laughs> of the, like statistically his <laughs> first horrible. 20 starts look like you know some some of the worst quarterbacks that have like some of the busts of of yesteryear you know, They look they look like blaine gabbert they look like those type of guys you know um so i don't know man i just i don't think this is salvageable and i don't i don't know how the jets because again the guys in the locker room if, if he doesn't have it and he's not taking accountability for it, they right. know that, and they're going to sit there and say like, – I mean, Garrett Wilson, after the game yesterday, was he said things to, to the akin of, like, you know, this, this shit's not acceptable. Like, this shit won't fly. It's not okay. He was pissed about it and, you know, even said some things like, I hope people like people in the building start to wake up or something like That's that. Right. You know, and it's like this is a rookie who's been the, your best offensive player besides Brees Hall, who also is a rookie, by the way. And, like, he's, <laughs> he's calling out the team like this because – it's yeah. he's right. I mean, he's a hundred percent right. And Robert Sala even said today, he has no problems with what Garrett Wilson said, because again, he's correct.
1: Oh God, heaven forbid. If he said that after a win though, if he says that after a win, he's going to get put, put into the doghouse for the next. Well, month. You know yeah, what I mean, yeah. like, come <laughs> on, dude, like, are you serious? Like, are you serious? You have no problems with this because it came after a loss. Okay. It's the exact same problems. The offense has looked like absolute dog for the past month, but no, it's fine. It's after a loss. So he said it. So it's fine. Um, but yeah, no, listen, I thought I really came away impressed with um, with Garrett Wilson, actually, the way he handled the loss and was talking to the media really made himself available, uh, was speaking openly and honestly, I, I really I thought he handled that very well. Um, and to me, I, I'm just a bigger fan of Garrett Wilson. Yeah, honestly. After the loss and um and and how he handled the whole thing, so there you go. Um, so do you right. think
0: do you think they turn to to Mike White? Do you think they turned to to Joe Flacco? I mean, Joe Flacco still has more touchdown passes on the season than Zach Wilson. He hasn't played since week. Oh three. my
1: God, jeez, is that right?
0: Yeah, that's oh correct. I believe God. he has five. He had five touchdowns those first three games. Zach Wilson has two touchdown passes, uh, or four touchdown passes since he has taken <laughs> over. So, oh um, my God, yeah, it's so bad. It's like, and and I know they recently made Mike White the number two quarterback and they made Joe Flacco the third guy, which I don't really know that that matters a ton, but I don't know, man.
1: Who's the guy that you you think can keep this offense in like reasonable down and distance? Because that's, that's really important. I think for this team, right? Like they don't have, they don't have a really good run game. Which one of these quarterbacks can keep them in reasonable down and distance? And I would actually contend, I actually do think it might be Mike White.
0: Yeah, it might might be. I mean, we saw some moments out of him last year. Uh, And, you know, this is the thing. This is a um, Mike LaFleur obviously comes from that Shanahan tree. Like typically for quarterbacks, this is the easy button offense. You know, this is like. Well, okay, what's the ceiling? It was, it's about all these guys, like Jimmy G, even you know, people still have those questions about Tua, whatever. Um, I I don't necessarily think they're they're valid, like in the Jimmy G type way. But again, Jimmy G, perfect example. What's the ceiling of Jimmy G in this offense? I don't know, but the floor is still pretty high. That's usually right. what it is for guys in this type of offense. Like the floor is high. It's the ceiling that's the question. But with 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 freaking Zach Wilson, this this the floor is so low. There's no floor to this offense, which is It's crazy to say, but I think that like a guy like Mike White, again, maybe you're talking about the floor is a little higher, even with um, Joe Flacco, like the floor was higher. So uh, I don't know. I feel the only thing, the only reason that I think they might go back to Flacco over White is just, again, we've we've already seen Flacco start games this year. He had really good chemistry with a guy like Garrett Wilson, who's their best offensive player um, right now. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I I think I think it, it's either one of those guys has a higher floor, just because the offense is really well designed. That was crazy to me too. Is somebody in, asked Robert Sala, like, are you have any thoughts of changing the play call? It's like play call. Are you are you watching the games? Like, they, this is a really well designed offense. It, it just the, the quarterback's <laughs> just not playing well. That's right. Um, I don't know. Uh, going back to the
1: early games, and it's been a while since we saw Flacco, but um, I thought Flacco actually sometimes put his team in jeopardy if that makes any sense you know like so yeah, more yeah, high high, high risk throws um and, and again I don't necessarily know if the deep look overall you want a quarterback that can hit a deep shot um but at this point in their careers too it's like can is Flacco good at throwing a deep ball I know that's what he was his calling card yeah, no, in his prime really. but I don't think that's where he's you know making his hay right now right you know, the other thing, too, by the way, you do have to factor in because of the offensive line. Hey, you got to factor in a little bit of mobility. Joe Flacco is an absolute statue back there. I think Mike White could give you a little bit of extra mobility, too. So, you know, to, to be honest, with you, I kind of think that Mike White is the guy. And given this defense and offensive structure and all the the, the playmakers that they got, I don't know, man. Like, I think he can actually win a, quite a few ball games.
0: Yeah, it's a good roster. I and mean, again, that's the, the problem that the Jets are facing right now is that it's not a, well it's not a problem right i don't mean to say that like oh it's a problem that their team is good but it's the reason they can't just go out there and well all right let's keep figuring out with zach like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah, yeah, is yeah. a team that's that's ready to win right now and like that's right. now they're out yeah. they're out of an afc playoff spot you know um right. and that's just like their roster is too good for that period can
1: we talk about the minnesota like bro what the hell happened An absolute dumpster fire playing at home. Like, oh, my God. I don't know if I've ever seen a team just go from the freaking penthouse to the basement this fast in one week. Are you kidding me? They got absolutely shelled by Dallas.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they were on Kirk's ass right away. (laughs) Um, You know, Micah Parsons and Kirk and the boys up front. It was It was crazy. And, you know, this was something I had pointed out about the Cowboys defense was that since Anthony Barr had gotten hurt, they had sort of started to play Micah Parsons off the ball a little bit. And, and this is always funny about the Cowboys is that I feel like some of their best, their best things uh, on their roster. They've like kind of fallen ass backwards into like they fell mm-hmm. ass backwards into Dak Prescott. Everybody knows they wanted Paxton Lynch, then they wanted that like Connor Shaw guy. They end up with yeah, Dak yeah. Prescott, and he's like a top ten quarterback in the NFL, top twelve quarterback in the NFL. He's a great player, right? Um, Michael Parsons, they draft him to be like an off ball linebacker, and you know they have injuries up front in his rookie season. They move him like closer to the line of scrimmage to rush the passer. Yep. He's like the best defensive player in the NFL. You know, <laughs> right. uh, stuff like that always seems to happen with Dallas. Right. Um, you know, even Tony pollard it's like pollard might be their, you know right he's like right there with cd lamb in terms of the most valuable players on their non-offensive uh, line like their skill position guys yeah, yeah, and yeah he's fourth round pick you know whatever so anyways point being here like they had moved michael parsons kind of off ball a little bit like they originally intended to play him when anthony barr got hurt but then it was like they scrapped but it wasn't great it wasn't working their pass rush had so much uh little juice uh, it just wasn't the same defensively and that's really what their defense is based on is is creating a lot of problems up front and, and being sort of uh, multiple with their coverage looks behind that, right. They really got back to it. They got back to Michael Parsons' rushing the pass. I know he suffered an injury in this game, but uh, early on, they, again, they were just on Kirk Cousins from the jump, and that was one thing with the Vikings, that their pass protection has been a little bit troublesome this year, although their left tackle, Derisaw, had been really Derisaw, good, but right. mm-hmm. they took him to the woodshed in this one, and it was just like, hey, Kirk Cousins, I think, what did he take, like seven sacks, more sacks than he's taken in any game in his entire career? They were just, they were all Dallas was all over it. That was a great, great defensive performance.
1: Well, Darisal also got hurt in the middle of the game as well. Yeah. So that, that definitely did not help. Yeah. He played uh, what is it? Uh, Thirty, thirty-two 32% of the snaps before um, suffering a head injury and was taken out of that game. So uh, they were kind of sort of like on the fly, trying to mend that tackle spot for Minnesota. And that's always difficult, but still though, I don't know if that's an excuse for just putting up three points on a Dallas defense. That is good, but come on, you can score on this unit. Um, And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, you can absolutely run on this unit. That's what I thought yeah. that Minnesota was going to do playing at home. Dalvin cook. I thought, again, you want to neutralize Michael Parsons, run right at him, run mm-hmm. right at him. And I thought Dalvin cook was going to at least get some work, but my God, Minnesota's offense just got boxed up. Dalvin Cook only had 11 carries, but he still racked up 72 yards. You know what I mean? They just got down in the hole so far right um that they really just could not go back to him and that's really just it was the beginning of the end, man. It was it was crazy. I, I Again, I, I was just, like, taken aback by how bad they were.
0: Yeah, I mean, you fumble three plays into it. Uh, you go down 23 to nothing, uh, or t- 23 to to. To, to, you, know, you score three points, they got 23 points, 23 to three. That's what I'm trying to say. You go down to that in the first <laughs> half, like you're toast. You're, you, you can have an advantage <laughs> advantage of the run game, but it doesn't matter yeah. at that point, you know? So right. um, yeah, I, I think Man. Justin Jefferson said after the game that he wished they had adjusted faster. He wished they had, um, you know, that was his biggest regret uh, just was an embarrassing performance and a lesson learned. Like I agree, you know, you get thrown off your, your, your right hook your first punch and like what's your backup move you know what's your secondary right. move? How, how can you play left-handed and I think that's a question for Minnesota at this point is that when you get them off their script um how good how well can they adjust um I don't know that a team with Kirk Cousins is ever going to be good playing left-handed um but man I mean I, I do just I do think you got to give a lot of credit to Dallas defensively in that game because they really came sure. with sure great plan and Jesus. just like I said Took him to the woodshed, man. Kirk was just like they—they they were on him right away.
1: I mean, the score was 10-3 with about five forty to go in the first half. Ten to three, very close, very competitive game. And then the wheels just fell off. Oh my goodness gracious! Um, I, I, there wasn't even really much to evaluate from like a like a receiver per, like standpoint because dude, Kirk, dude, Kirk Cousins had absolutely no time back. He was just getting absolutely mauled. <laughs> At the yeah. snap, it was crazy. You know, I did want to ask you about Dak Prescott, though. You know, you talk about him being a you know a top twelve uh, quarterback in this league, and uh, and I would agree with you. I would agree with you, but I do feel as if he's been in a little bit of slump. I don't, and like I look at the box score, and it's like I kind of just. I don't even know what to make of it, right? Like 22 of 25, that's great. Um, 276 yards, two touchdowns, 88% completion rate, you know, a 139 quarterback rating. You're saying, why would James be talking about Dak Prescott? And it's like, well, I don't necessarily know if he made – a Again, I go back to the first half when it's competitive. I don't know if he made a lot of great throws. Um, and to me, I feel like that's been something that's been ailing him for eh, maybe three games now. Um, a lot of his box score really pumped up by the fact that catch and run by Tony Pollard, right? And Pollard carried the day 109 through the air, two touchdowns, that 68 yarder where he just absolutely took the linebacker to school. Um, certainly helped pumped up Dak's numbers.
0: man. Uh- Pollard looks awesome right now, Dude, he's unstoppable, man. It was great to see them get him going in the receiving area, too, because that was where I felt like he might make a big impact this year because of just the the lack of guys beyond C.D. Lamb, especially with Michael Gallup not being 100%. So that was great to see. I think that um, the thing with with Dak right now is I think there's a little bit of a tension. There's a little bit of a push and pull because one thing that Prescott's really great at. I don't think he gets enough credit for is how active and how good he is pre-snap, you know, identifying mm-hmm. coverages, pointing things out, getting guys in the right, right spot. But I also think that at the same time, like Kellen Moore really found himself as a play caller a little bit when they had Cooper Rush in there, they had so much like play action. They had so many layups, stuff like that. Interesting. Um, so many screens baked into it. Almost like the, the it's an, ex, it's a less extreme version of like, you look at the numbers for the Patriots offense when they had Bailey Zappi in there versus what they do with Mac Jones, and it's weird how much they, like, made life easy for Bailey Zappi and they do not yeah. do it for Mac Jones. <laughs> right. This is, like, a different version of that where it's like, okay, you have Dak Prescott, who's this great pre-snap quarterback. He's great at finding those mismatches, stuff like that. Um, but you don't always have to. Make it that hard on him, like you, you know, you could do a lot of the the the, um, uh-huh. the easy button stuff that you had with uh with Cooper Rush in there. And man, I I think we're kind of figuring that out, like just that marriage. Like, how can we how can we bring the hard stuff in? How can we bring the easy stuff in? So this was a good uh, moment for me, like seeing those Tony Pollard design plays and stuff like that. That yeah. felt more like okay, we're blending in that stuff that makes life easy on the quarterback with Dak Prescott. And I think Dak is just adjusting to that as well. That that would be my my thought on it.
1: Okay, there you go. I think that's fair. Um and again, I'm, I I don't think he played poorly. It's just at the same time it's like, mm.
0: I think I, this whole I, passing game feels like it has meat on the bone right now. Yes, um, that's but, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I think some of that is just like didn't we didn't we sort of expect that this is kind of what it was going to look like because there's just a real lack of a lack of dudes there. Again, it's like mm. it's CD Lamb and then you know they're getting, they're playing Noah Brown a lot and like shout out to Noah Brown yeah. he's had some real nice moments this year but like for Noah sure. Brown's a guy who's been like a special teamer his entire career I know um, so and you know again Michael Gallup is out there but I don't think he looks like prime Michael Gallup because of I course have. not he tore his ACL in January it's like November right now so um, yeah I, I think it's I think this Dallas offense is probably going to feel like that and I think that's why they're one of the teams that really want to bring Odell Beckham in to bring somebody else into the picture.
1: I will say this: I think Michael Gallup's coming on a little bit, at, at least from a health standpoint. Because you know, the first you know three or four weeks that he played, he played about sixty-five uh, percent of the snaps, and now his snaps have gone up to about over eighty-five percent. So I think, from a health standpoint, watching him play, he seems to be moving a little bit more comfortably um, as well. But we'll see. I, I really think he's got a breakout game uh, coming down the pipe here.